I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, people? We are Tottenham TV here, back again with another Tottenham update for you guys. Before we get into the news, do go and check us out on all audio platforms. We are now putting all our content for all audio listeners and podcast listeners. If you want to go check that out, mainly on Spotify, and also go check out our written content on wearetottenhamtv.com, which is in the bottom left-hand, right-hand corner of your screen right now. Joining me on today's Tottenham update, I've got Barnaby Slater from the Spurred On Podcast. How are we doing, Barnaby? Yes, mate. Very good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, look, just got some Spurs withdrawals and we've got some Angeball withdrawals uh, having no Spurs game this weekend but we've got some Spurs news to talk about and let's start with Manor Solomon Ali Gold has confirmed that Manor Solomon is set to return to Tottenham training in the coming days and if he makes it through the coming week without any further setbacks the winger could be available as an option for the bench against Palace if Postacoglu feels he is ready a lot of people are getting very excited with the potential turn of Manor Solomon he did have a fairly decent start I would say 
beginning of the season. You know, a few decent performances. I remember against Burnley, got a couple of assists. Um, Sheffield United had a decent game. Then obviously picked up a, quite a serious injury. Has had a couple of setbacks since coming back from that injury. Now is set to return, hopefully, against Crystal Palace um, on the bench. Ali Gold is saying, is he someone you reckon could make a big impact once he comes back? Uh, he offers us something different. So that's that's good. Um, I think most likely it'll be from the bench, won't it? I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of, obviously we had the Wolves game last game and we've got Palace coming up next. And realistically, they'll probably play a deep block as well, similar to how Wolves did. And what Solomon seems to like to do is, you know, at pace, cut in from the left. And that will be going more into where all the players will be because they'll play a very narrow, deep block like a lot of teams have been doing against us. So I wonder if there's a possibility to actually bring him on if we need him off the bench on the right and Mm. try and get on the outside of his man and, and get crosses in. Um, but yeah, I can't see him starting a game anytime soon. Yeah, especially, you know, coming from injury and especially as well, what um, the kind of player is relies so much on being sharp, having quick, nimble feet. And it was actually interesting to hear. I never heard Madison talk about him. He was asked who the most skillful player at Tottenham is. And he said, uh, I think the most skillful and sharpest player is Manuel Solomon. And these are things we are kind of struggling with, especially when we're getting the ball out wide quickly to our wingers. And then the winger seems to not be able to progress the ball, you know, past their fullback or uh, in any way. They they seem to either go backwards or a lot of the time losing the ball. Mm. Um, So maybe having Manuel Solomon as an option, someone who actually has a bit of trickery about him, which I think some of our wingers do tend to struggle with, could make a bit of a difference. I wasn't sold on the signing when we did sign him. I was happy with kind of the start he made. I still don't think he is the answer. I still think we only got him because he was a free. I don't think we would have yeah. paid money for him if he you know, would have cost money. Um, so for me, the jury's still a bit out on him. Um, but look, I'm definitely um, willing to see what he does when he gets back from injury. It's been so long without him. So hopefully he can really kickstart his Tottenham did career he, once he's back from he, injury. Am I right in thinking that he started in that Burnley Game. Yeah, he got a couple of yeah, assists couple against of assists Burnley. In that game, yeah. And that would look like maybe, okay, got those assists. Maybe it's, he's going to kick on from that. And then unfortunately he picked up that big injury. Yeah. So um, I think he might have come on against um, Arsenal as well, the Emirates. He had a few decent appearances, but um, look, I wasn't that impressed with him at Fulham. Uh, obviously, at Shakhtar, apparently he played quite well when he was there. So maybe he's someone once he comes back from injury, can add another option and maybe yeah. make a bit of an impact. He's got a good shot. He cuts in on his mm. right. He's got a good shot into the far corner, similar to how Sonny does as well. But the, like I said, against Palace, there'll be lots of players in that position. So he might not be able to get that shot away. But we need as much depth as we can at the moment and a, as much kind of game-changing or as many game-changing options as we can from the bench. So Yeah, it'd be interesting to see in terms of like, do you reckon he might be a bit in a bit of like competition with Werner in terms of who's still here next season. Do you uh, that could be a case? Yeah, definitely. I think if Solomon shows a, a fair bit towards the end of the season, that would put some doubt on us paying 15 million for mm. Werner. So interesting to see. All right, next up, talking about some positive injury news, now a bit negative, and obviously Ryan Sessignon, we all spoke about how he picked up that injury for the under-21s a few days ago, and um, Ali Gold has given a bit more detail about that injury. He said that Ryan Sessignon has now injured his other hamstring to the one that he did at the start of the season, at the start of the season explaining why the left-back was so despondent when he picked up the injury. He was quoted as, uh, Ali Gold was quoted saying, after 33 minutes, he went down, you looked at him, and he stayed down with his hands on his head he was absolutely gutted the physios worked on him for five minutes and he couldn't even put much weight on it uh which is absolute rubbish which was absolute rubbish for him from what i understand it is a hamstring injury but this time it's on the other side and that is absolutely gutting because at least if it's like a recurring injury obviously it's gutting and one's but at least like 
you know what the problem is. But the fact that he's done it to the other hamstring now, and that's now caused a problem, that probably leads into you know the fact that what maybe he he's can't seem to trust his own body to stay fit. Yeah. And when he's injured one hamstring, and now it's the other hamstring that's injured. Well, and also the hamstring injury that he did at the beginning of the season, that wasn't his first hamstring mm. inju injury either. So, yeah, terrible news for Ryan Sessegnon. I feel really bad for him. Um, he is a talented player, but he he doesn't have any... Like, even when he is fit, he doesn't believe in himself. And, he, and I think that probably comes from not really trusting his body, as you mentioned. So, you know, it's going to be another long period out for him, more kind of recuperation and time in the physio's room. And he, he probably doesn't even feel like a proper part of the squad because he's so rarely training. I was at the open training session last week and he was training there and I was really surprised to see it. And then just like you said, 30 minutes of a of his first under 21 game back and he's yeah. down again. He's He's got so much talent, that boy, but it's really hard to see him kind of forging a career for himself in the Premier League at the moment with, with the amount of injuries that he gets. And it's also a bit of a double-edged sword with these injuries as well because the more he gets injured, the less like faith Spurs have in him. Mm -hmm. But also if they want to sell him, the more he gets injured, the harder he is to sell as well because no one else is going to take that chance on maybe like if we're going to say okay he's injury prone so let's get rid of him or who's going to take him if he keeps getting injured when did we sign him 2019 yeah so let's his say he must have signed a five-year five or six-year deal his contract will be coming up in the next year or two it's very hard to see him signing another contract at spurs and yeah he'll he'll probably end up going on a free and look if he can be the main man at a club somewhere maybe he might even have to drop down you know he might have to drop down to the championship or a relegation threatened Premier League team anyway but if he can be the main man and really he, he is talented but these hamstring injuries will affect his pace as well and, and that's one of his big strengths Next up we're going to be talking about Hugo Lloris who was uh, talking to The Athletic and he had some very interesting quotes about his time at Tom, especially about the specific period under Richard Pochettino and he, and he said under Pochettino you could see the progression year after year and we were very very competitive we were close to winning I think at the time we missed two or three more players to compete for success and to win trophies our progression was too fast for the club because at the time they were focused on the new stadium they did not have the financial reserve as they do now at that time we needed to add a few players and regenerate that group of players um he went on to say that uh, in terms of that um that when I felt we were most capable of winning a trophy, we had to move to Wembley. The year before uh, at White Hart Lane, we finished unbeaten. We won 17 games and drew two. It was a big record at the time. We thought if we stayed at White Hart Lane, we could match that same tally of points. But we moved to Wembley, a different environment and stadium. We had to deal with that a year and a half. And even with that, we managed to get into the top four. So some really interesting quotes about you know that time period at Tottenham. And obviously, that was something that a lot of Tottenham fans at the time Time, were frustrated with the fact that we you know maybe didn't kick on really pushed about for a couple of players i remember the narrative at the time we had such a good team it was like how do you improve this team how do you mm. sign players who get into this team but it's interesting to hear it from him that even there was a feeling among the squad that we just needed those two or four, three players and maybe we could have really gone the extra step in winning trophies yeah and it mirrors what pochettino said as well kind of he used obviously the term the, the painful rebuild um, but yeah, it's kind of like the addition of two or three top level players. What basically Liverpool were able to do when they sold Coutinho and bought Allison and um, Van Dijk, Tottenham weren't able to do. Just talking about that kind of move to Wembley and uh, the financial restrictions that Spurs had on them then because they were building the new stadium. I see this thing come up all the time about how at the time Daniel Levy said oh, uh, the new stadium won't affect our ability to make transfers. And a lot of Spurs fans are really annoyed at him because they think, you know, that was clearly a lie. Well, my argument to that is, 
I don't think Daniel Levy could ever have come out and said in public, oh, we haven't got any money to spend mm -hmm. on players. Because then what happens is you get vultures circling, coming for your best players. And also when you are trying to buy some players, they're not going to give it to you at you know the kind of prices you might be able to get if you are just saying that it's business as usual. So the stuff that Hugo Lloris is saying doesn't surprise me at all. I always felt at that time that, of course, we weren't going to be able to spend a lot of money on players. And that's why we went, what, two windows without buying mm -hmm. anyone, certainly a summer window without buying anyone. Uh, and I kind of agree with Hugo. I do think at that time, had it not... I, I, the quote I particularly agree with is we were too... It was almost like the, the club couldn't catch up with the success that we were having under Pochettino. Mm -hmm. When Pochettino joined, the long-term or medium-to-long-term plan of the club was build the stadium, then get in the Champions League through the revenue that we're getting from the stadium. And it all happened about five or six years earlier than Levy mm. was expecting it to. And I agree with Lloris, we couldn't buy the players that we would have needed to to go that extra step during those Wembley years or that Wembley 18 months and push on and, and win the title. But it was so fun to watch around then. You know, I don't mm. I don't look back on those times with any negativity whatsoever. Is there a case to say that given that we, you know, the project was moving quicker than expected, maybe was was it unfair to expect maybe a bit more uh, flexibility with the board on that on that case? If they're saying, okay, look, we're now in the Champions League quicker than expected, maybe we should be able to more quickly spend a bit more money than we did. I think it comes back to that reality that we all know about Enoch, which is that they don't spend their own money they only spend mm. the money that is revenue by the club uh, the club gets through revenue and then in terms of the stadium it was all put up against big loans so you know obviously it would have been nice for you know daniel levy to spend 300 million pounds of leave of enix money at that point but it's just that's not the way that they do it and it was never going to be but yeah it would have been it would be mm. nice but also which players i mean i can't mm. think off the top of my head which players we would have been able to get through the door that at that time chelsea or man city or man united weren't going to buy ahead of us to really push us onto that next level do you reckon though maybe slightly them like and obviously we're all playing hindsight but in hindsight given the fact that we were so close to winning then and we haven't obviously been near winning for like five years now. Mm. It's obviously getting close to like half a decade where we haven't been as close as that. So do you reckon there's any part of them that feels like if we, like maybe in hindsight, we could have just like strike while the iron's hot a bit more than like uh, considering that we've now gone five years and we've just, even since the stadium, we've how many, we've been in the stadium now four or five years and we still haven't got any close to where we were before. Yeah, I, I just think, it's really easy to say that's what we should have done, but it was just timing that didn't allow us to do it. it mm. Basically is how I feel about it. But yes, you know, would I love to have loved us to do that? And would it have been better for us and give us a better chance to not let Chelsea win it the next year? I think it was who won it the next year. Yeah, but I would say, would the, do you reckon the board would have any regrets or not? Or do you, think, you just think they think, I think they, they did they, what was I right think for the they're club? Very, I think we know about the board. They're yeah. very stubborn in terms of the sustainability way, the sustainable way that they run the football club. All right, the final story we're going to talk about is Eric Dyer and his time at Bayern Munich and Build are now reporting out in Germany. But Eric Dyer is unlikely to stay at Bayern Munich beyond this summer with the German side concerned about his lack of pace. Um, I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to probably realise that might have been the case when they did sign him, which makes the signing all the more bizarre. Obviously, he did sign a six-month loan deal with a potential view to signing on a free. Mm. Um, but does it surprise you that there, there's now reports of this happening when it would have been obvious to anyone that that would have been the case when signing him? It strikes me as a bit weird that this story has come up just when they've also announced that Tuchel's going to leave at the end of the season. Mm. It, it feels like 
maybe there are some like agent leaks or people trying to throw other people under the bus, etc. But I don't think Dyer was even playing in that last game. He's played in the first few, I think, but then DeLitt has been brought back in. Um, the thing about Eric Dyer that's funny is he's not slow. He's just, he, he doesn't, he's not, his acceleration is not good. So when he gets up to full pace, he's actually relatively... You know, for a centre half, he's not slow. It takes him but, a while to But do, he's yeah. like a tugboat. He turns really slowly, and I'm sure that's what they're talking about. Um, I think Eric Dyer will go on a free somewhere. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to Portugal, maybe, Sporting Lisbon or somewhere in the summer. Um, but, you know, has he really been bought for his play as a centre half, or has he been bought because he's Harry Kane's mate? I'm not really sure. I mean, <laughs> considering that the, the, the thing they're pointing out is he lacks pace, and that's something that I think a lot of people and I think any scout who scouted him would have probably pointed that out so I must have been for other reasons rather than they thought he would have pace I would I would yeah, assume it's, I, it's just all very very odd the fact that there that was not transferred to begin was, with yeah. and now they're saying we're now concerned with lack of pace it's like well I think anyone in world football would have told you that would have been an issue so the whole thing is very strange I agree You'd probably go back to sporting Lisbon that was that you know he's always talked about going back home so look I do wish him all the best but looks like his time at Bayern Munich uh, might be coming to an end but look that is all for today's Tottenham Up Bay let me know in the comment section below what you think of everything we discussed today if you liked what Barnaby had to say go check him out on the Spurred On podcast the link will be in the title of the video and in the description as well so go check him out but like subscribe and comment and as always, come on you Spurs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 